Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise babes in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God. And his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are busting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you're about to listen to has been designed specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or you can send it to us via email at contact at wordloversglobal.com. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. The faith of Jesus and the focus of the grace message. Amazing chapter. All right. Now, before we understand this very well very clearly because chapter 2 where it makes a lot of sense to a lot of people is verse 20 and 20 from verse 16 to 21 where it talks about um you know the faith that i i live is the faith of the son of god and so on and so forth but there is a preamble to this so let's go to Acts chapter 9 from verse 10 Acts chapter 9 we started reading it Acts chapter 9 verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus. Let's do TPT quickly. Living in Damascus was a believer named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision calling his name Ananias. Yes, Lord, Ananias answered. It means that the Lord knows everybody's name. The Lord said, go at once to the street called abundance and look for a man from Tarsus named Saul you would find him at Judah's house while he was praying he saw in a supernatural vision a man named Ananias coming to lay hands upon him to restore his sight look at something I just saw it myself Jesus is telling Ananias that whilst Paul was praying Jesus was listening can you see it? Yes, the Lord said, go at once to the street called what? Abundance. And look for a man from Tarsus. This one changed my mind now. See, when you are praying, the Lord is looking into it. And he's seeing you. Look, he said, you will find him at Judah's house. Now look at the next one. While he was praying, he saw in a supernatural vision, a man named Ananias coming to lay hands upon him. To restore his sight. So, so Paul or Saul then, his eyes were, were, was blinded. And he was there for three days. And the guy was praying and praying. And he saw a vision. Whilst all these things were happening and Paul was praying, Saul was praying, Jesus was looking at him. Jesus saw what he saw. Jesus heard what he said. Oosh. This is another big thing. He's telling about, about how detailed God is with us. You see, that's how come you cannot just behave anyhow in prayer. 
This scripture must tell you that Jesus is watching you. If you haven't seen a vision, you say you have seen a vision, he's watching you. No, the guy saw a vision and Jesus is announcing to Ananias that he saw a vision. So you haven't seen a vision, you said you have seen a vision. You haven't heard anything, you said you have heard. Jesus is watching. So just note that anytime you begin to pray, but okay, until you are praying. Whether you are lazy or you are serious or whatever you are doing, Jesus is watching. Jesus is watching. Jesus. <laughs> so he has seen the vision. Verse 12. But Lord, Ananias replied, many have told me about his terrible persecution of those in Jerusalem who are devoted to you. Now listen, the statement is many have told me. He has not seen. He heard. He is hearing of some bad things that Paul has done. Let this also change us. Okay? But Lord, Ananias replied, many have told me his terrible persecution of those in Jerusalem who are devoted to you. In fact, the high priest has authorized him to seize and imprison all those in Damascus who call on your name. Is it true? Yes. But he heard it. He hadn't seen it. But was it true? Yes. Okay. I want you to notice something here. The Lord Yahweh answered him, Arise and go. I have chosen this man to be my special messenger. What does it mean? Jesus was not interested in what you have heard about him. Jesus is interested in what this man would do for him. So do you understand why Pastor Chris had to say that about Hubert Angel? When they, they were reporting to him and said that Hubert Angel is a false prophet, he has done this, Pastor Chris says that if that is not what Jesus is saying about him, forget about it. You see, the Bible teaches us how to live. This is Jesus. When you read the King James Version, look at it, 15. Quickly, me. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way. In other words, I'm, you know, go thy way. Just imagine it. The guy is complaining, Lord, but I've heard that people are saying that he's a terrible guy. He's been killing us. Go thy way. I am instructing you. What does he mean? The purpose of Jesus over the man is much more important to him than the hearsay of men. This is grace. This is grace. This is purely grace. Because that's for men that they will talk about you. What they are saying might be true. Don't get me wrong. It's not like the guy was lying. What he was saying was right. Because he was killing the people. He had collected, you know, an endorsement from the priest to come and, and destroy the people, the Christians in Damascus. Yet, Jesus saw that. But he had a better assignment for him. He said, go thy way, for he is what? Look at the word, chosen vessel. Can you, can you see the word chosen? Once you see the word chosen, what comes to mind? Yes, so what comes to mind? Holy. He used to be an unholy man who delved in the things commoners do. But when he chose him, he became a special vessel. When God chooses you, he chooses you for a particular assignment. 
look, he said, he's a chosen vessel unto me. Unto who? Not to the man. Once you matter to God, it's enough. It is like you are born again. You can have a particular difficulty in maybe character-wise or something you've been battling with. It is, not, it is not pleasing. It is not nice. It is not whatever everybody wants to see. But that could be all men could see. But Jesus sees you differently. The reason why I said that, focus and get to understand the purpose of God for your life. Because you see, when men begin to speak ill of you, you can lay hold on that purpose and say that, look, Jesus has a purpose for me. And if Jesus has a purpose for me, then he has chosen me. He has chosen me out of the rest and given me an assignment. Are you with me? Oh, he shall bear my name before the Gentiles. So this is the assignment. TPT, quickly. So this is the assignment. Okay, I have chosen this man to be my special messenger. He will be brought before kings, before many nations, and before the Jewish people to give them to give them what? The revelation of who I am. This is Paul's message. His message was to tell the people about the revelation of Jesus. What is revelation? The unveiling of Jesus. Yes. Is the word apocalypsis. Okay. Apo means what? Taking off. Calypsis means what? The veil. In other words, taking off the veil. So when you are cooking, the cooking pot and the lid, when you lift up the lid of the pot is revelation. You are unveiling what is inside. Yeah. So you, you get revelation in the kitchen. So Jesus is trying to say that he is not known. He is, they heard about him. They have heard stories about it. Even Ananias heard about him. But he, Paul is the one that is going to take off the lid. So that you can now see who Jesus really is. And this message has been given to him. Why did he call a man that was persecuting him? Many a time when people are lost of their, you know, their assignment, there is a hunger in them. And that hunger, they can go to the extreme to do wild things and crazy things because they are looking for some truth. And those guys are the people that God will reveal himself. That is how can you be shocked. There's a prophet called Prophet Sadhu in, in, in India. He was a very, you know, um, well-known Buddhist. Yeah. But he was looking for something. He was looking for, he realized that this Buddha thing, etc. And then one day he said, if there is any God beyond this one, I want to see hunger. And then one day Jesus revealed himself to him in his room. It is hunger that brings revelation. Without hunger, no revelation. Laziness do not bring revelation. You know, I told you yesterday, spiritual things are more intense than, than physical things. So you don't just sleep and think as you are sleeping, then God will come and pick you up and say, okay, I'm giving you my revelation. Paul, had, God had to use the, the zeal of Paul. Because he knows that, look, this guy is zealous. 
If I give him this mandate, he will go everywhere and make men know me. So he chose him. Why didn't he give it to Peter? Why didn't he give it to James? But the organizer of the <laughs> of the killing campaign. He was the organizer. He will organize the stones. Don't, didn't you? The Bible says that he collected the uh, ropes. He said, give it to me. Give it to me. Take, you take this stone. Uh, take this stone. Take this stone. Finish him. When you are done, he said, good job. Say, take your ropes. Organa. So he was going to Damascus to go and organize another killing spree. But the thought of man is not the thought of God. So Jesus, so this is Paul's revelation, Paul's ministry to reveal who Jesus is. Now, the revelation of Jesus is what we call what? Grace. Grace is the revealing of Jesus. Grace, the revealing of Jesus. And I will show him how much he is destined to suffer because of his passion. So Jesus even acknowledged his passion. You both think I'm zealous and I have for me, I think my passion hasn't started yet. I don't think I have my passion is there yet. I'm telling you. By my passion. <laughs> no, no, see, the, the Holy Ghost is telling you that Jesus was aware of Paul's passion. When the Bible speaks of Peter, Peter was more like a, a quiet, timid guy. He didn't want trouble. God can't send him to the Gentiles. He will run away. We will read it. Didn't you realize that when he was eating with them and the Jewish people came, he ran away? Paul is not like that. Paul went to preach in Jerusalem. When, when they prophesied and said, don't go, they will kill you. He went. They beat him. Jesus came back and said, my boy, now that you are done preaching in Jerusalem, shall I go to Rome? Because nobody wanted to go to Rome. Dangerous place. But Paul said, I will go. It is your passion that leads you in what you do. It is passion that will make you want to come and minister to people. It is passion that sometimes you feel like giving up, but passion holds you. And God, Jesus will identify the passion and say, I'm going to call you my special messenger. Not just a messenger but he added special messenger. Is God Jesus by us? No. He's not by us. When you read on the Bible it says, and God worked, Jesus worked special miracles at the hand of Paul. Special miracles. Because the guy, Paul, look at how he raised Ananas, um, Eutychus. Eutychus fell and died. When Paul was praying, he said, such as I have silver and gold I have now, such as I have uh, in the name of Jesus, I rise up and walk. When, when Eutychus died, Paul didn't say anything. He came, laid on him, and he said, life has come. Get up. Uh, yes. These are two different people. Can you see the, what I'm trying to say? Peter is different. Paul is different. Paul is aware of what was inside of him. And one of the people that is difficult to preach this message of grace to is the Gentiles. You know why? They have never 
if they, they have nothing to do with Jesus. What they knew were, were gods. Other gods. Even for the Jews, they knew that the uh, son of Mary, the carpenter, they had stories. But for, for the Gentiles, it's different. See, if the message of Jesus was not brought into this nation, you will never have known anything. You must have some passion to make sure that before you go back, Jesus will be revealed to them. That is Paul's message, that Jesus will be revealed. Oh, may Jesus see your passion. I ask your neighbor, what passion do you show? If I ask them, you say, do you have passion for the Lord? See, there was a time I used to go to church Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. My wife and I, she was like this. After birth, Joshua was three months, six months work. She knows. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Passion. So when God has given me grace to understand scriptures, you understand. Because maybe you, if they give you to teach the people, in 45 minutes you are tired. But for some of us, I now understand why God had to take me all the way to Tema. And I'll be going to church in la, at la, my last stop. Ebenezer down. You've been there. Some of you have been there. Every day. I didn't have a car. I wasn't driving. Trotro, the same trotro. I'll wake up at 4.30. By 5.30, I'm at committee one. I'm sitting in the trotro. Nobody's there. And I'm praying, Lord, let people come. When I see that they are wasting time, I'll go and join the taxi and I'll pay for the other seats. Bring me to the mall. When I get to the mall, then I'll pick circle. When I get to circle, there's no car. People are... It's not like our numbers were like thousand. Only a few people. <laughs> and I'll sit in taxi at circle and I'll pay for the other seats. Then the taxi will take me. When I get to last stop and there's no car, I will walk from last stop to where the church is. So crazy for God. That's why they'll be telling you, are you the, is the church for you? Are you the only Christian? If they haven't told you that, you haven't done anything yet. Passion. Somebody say passion. passion. Put your hand on your belly. Say, Heavenly Father. Grant me passion. Grant me passion. Grant me passion. Listen, if you don't have passion, there are certain assignments you can't, it will not be entrusted to you. There are certain, listen, you, 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 you see, you have a desire. Desire is not passion. There are two different things. 17. Ananias left and found the house where Saul was staying. He went inside and laid hands on him, saying, Saul, my brother. Was he not the same person that he said he was a terrible man? Yes. But when the grace of God was released, he said, my brother. <laughs> See, the grace of God is able to bring the worst person you can ever think closer to you. And you call the person my sister, my brother. That is what the grace, the condemnation message will push the person away. Thank God. Say my brother. Say Saul, my brother. The Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me to pray for you so that you might see again and be filled with, to overflowing with the Holy Ghost. Hold on. The Holy Ghost just explained to me before I came. I was studying it. Now, the reason why Paul's eyes were closed when he saw Jesus was to speak of his eyes were blinded to the true light. 
So it wasn't like Jesus wanted to punish him for anything. You see, he wanted to show him that his eyes were, he was on his way to Damascus to go and kill the people. But Jesus caused him to be blind to remind him that whatever zeal he had is because he was blind. And the day his eyes will be open, he will not embark on going to kill people, but he will have love for people. <laughs> so you see, it takes a man to bring that to you. Jesus could have just caused Paul's eyes to be opened. But his eyes was blinded for three days. And for three days, he was praying, seeking that light. Seeking that truth. Seeking that, you know, joy. There was something he was, was looking for. He just showed you, that's the last one, the Holy Ghost. But he didn't have. So, you see, for a man to receive the light of God, maybe there are some of you here, there are certain topics you don't understand. You don't have faith, first of all. The faith you have is his faith. When he says the author and finisher, it is in line. It is in line with his faithfulness to his father and for the sacrifice on the cross. When we say, you see, it is the faith of Jesus that we receive salvation and righteousness with. The faith belongs to him. What is that faith? That faith is his faithfulness, pistis. What is that faithfulness? The faithfulness he had unto the father, the assignment. And being the sacrifice for all men. That faithfulness that caused him to complete the assignment is what he gives you. So you can receive the result of his faithfulness. Do you understand? Alright, look at it. Galatians chapter 2 verse 16 said, We know that no one receives God's perfect righteousness as a reward for keeping the law. But only by the faith of Jesus. So it is by the faith of Jesus that you can receive righteousness. Not your faith. Because you are a sinner. You don't even have one. Everything about you is corrupted. There is nothing good in you that can receive every holy thing from God. So you needed the faithfulness of Jesus. Jesus is faith. So the, point, the question is, you know, the word faith is, is the word pistis, which can be rendered faithfulness. Can you see that? Now, so what is Jesus' the faith of Jesus? That means Jesus has some, also has some faith. And I'm telling you that it is that faith that caused him to answer and respond to his father's quest and command and assignment. And it was that faith that caused him to go like the lamb and sacrifice himself for you all in response to the father. Because when we say faithfulness, it is three words combined. Dependable, reliable, trustworthy. So you see, when we say faith of Christians, it is actually not your personal faith. It is the faith of Jesus that finished the assignment. That is what has given you. It is only that faith that can receive righteousness. So when he said Jesus is the author and finisher, he doesn't mean that when you begin to execute your faith, he will come and finish it. 
He's trying to describe the finished faith. Can you see that? He's trying to tell you that this faith of Christ is the one that has finished the job. He said, look, no one, no one receives God's perfect righteousness. Ah, before you became born again, you were a sinner, you are corrupted. Oh. What do you think you have that you are going to receive God's perfect righteousness? So he gave you his son's faith that finished that assignment so that you can use his faith, his son's faith to collect from God. So it was Jesus' faith we used to collect. So when somebody is preach the gospel of Jesus to somebody right now and they have faith to, believe, to receive Jesus into their heart, immediately they are giving the faith of the son of God so that they can receive salvation. See, you need Jesus to receive Jesus. <laughs> oh, you, you need Jesus to receive Jesus. See, God has made in such a way that there's nothing of you that is part of the salvation thing. Hey, human being will boast. Oh, that is why it is, it is not correct to be telling people that give your life. Give your life to Jesus. Because then they think they have a life they exchange for something. They don't have one. They are dead. He said, bring your dead self for the life of Christ. Do you remember 1 John 5 4, the, the message version? Now that you understand this faith, look at it again. It's called the what? The conquering what? Power. The conquering power. That, that faith is what conquered. What conquered the world. Every begotten person conquers the world's ways. The conquering power that brings the world to its need is what? Now, the reason why he says our faith like it is yours. Because he that is joined to the Lord is one with him in spirit. So it is not like yours separately. Because we and Jesus have become one. So it is mine. Don't you understand? What belongs to Jesus now belongs to me. His faith is not my faith. His righteousness is not my righteousness. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to me. Are you, are you here? Okay. Go, go back to act. Yeah. Okay. So let's he has sent him to pray. So when the man prayed, okay, what happened? Revelation came. As I'm teaching you right now, like I said, there are some things you might not know. But God will use me to make that thing fall off so you can now see clearly. Right now, we have done justice to faith. So your eyes are open to faith. Now, if you want something, the reason why you know you will get it is because if you don't get it, Jesus Jesus' reputation is on the, on the line. Because the faith I am using is not mine. It is his faith that, has not be, that now belongs to me. So I just know that I will have it. Because I'm using his faith. You see the light? Say, I have light. I have light. Now, there's something amazing here. Once you receive light, you receive not just the Holy Spirit, but he's overflowing. He overflows through you. What does it mean? The Holy Ghost is not able to flow when you don't have revelation. Why and how? You would fight his flow. You would work against his flow. Now that you know about faith, now activating your faith over anything you want will be possible and easy 
and the Holy Ghost will flow. Now the Holy Ghost can even show you three billion aeroplanes in a vision. And you know I have it. Because that is what he wants to give you. But if you don't know and know about faith, he shows you and you'll be like, hmm. Maybe he's trying to tell me that aeroplane, we are going to have pottery farm. Because they can stand for bed. That's by the way. But what I want to tell you is that once you receive light, then the Holy Ghost is able to overflow. He's able to give you amazing. You are praying. Then he shows you a vision. He gives you thoughts. He gives you, because now you have seen the light. Can you see this? For example, now that you understand communion, anytime you, maybe you have headache, you want to pray, you have weak in prayer, the Holy Spirit will just bring communion to your mind. All you have to do is to get up Take wine, take bread, eat. Why? Because you have received light to know that this is my health. So you see, without light, the Holy Ghost can flow. So the reason why you don't see the power of the Holy Ghost in a lot of believers is because they don't have light. Yes, you are supposed to lay hands on the sick so that they can be healed. But if you don't understand what it is, you don't have light on it, you can lay hands and hands and nothing will happen. Can you see the difference here? Somebody say, I have light. This is the similar thing that Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. Oh, yeah, verse 16, he said, I pray that the Father will give unto you the spirit, the what? The spirit of what? Wisdom and revelation. The spirit of wisdom and revelation. Hmm? The riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation. To know him. Because without light, you can't know him. You need light to know him. Through what? Your deepening intimacy with him. Then the verse 18. I pray. Look at it. I pray that what? The light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. Hmm? Flooding you with what? With light. Until you experience what? The full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is what? The wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds. God is looking at you and there is something in you he's seeing. And you are here, you don't know what is inside of you. You always see yourself as Antiochus. That is all you see. But look, look, look at it. He said, I pray. No, he's not saying the thing is not there. The thing is already there. How do I know? He said that he finds in you. So the thing is already there. But the point is that your eyes are blind. So it's not only so that had the free skill on it. Some of us, you have free skill. Anything you don't understand, you don't have light. You have free skill. That's why you must come to WSI. Then we take the scale off. Mm. Take the scale. Because see, whatever you don't understand, you misuse it. Or you don't have command over it. So simple. So he said that, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. In other words, your, the eyes of your understanding. Flooding you with light. Flooding you with light. So it will flood you until you experience the full apocalypse 
of the hope of his calling. What is that hope of his calling? That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance. That is when every believer knows that God is one, will one day inherit me. That's what it means. This, all this thing that we are doing, one day God is going to inherit you. You are God's inheritance. You are not. He's telling you. The reason why he's giving you the Holy Ghost, his glory, his righteousness, and so on and so forth, is because one day I am his prize. God is going to inherit me, and I will inherit him. <laughs> okay. Go back to Acts. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Say, I have light. I have light. Mm. So once you have light, you see the overflow of the Holy Spirit. The overflowing power of the Holy Spirit. Go on, 18. All at once, the crusty substance that was over Saul's eyes. What? The law. The law. The law disappeared. The Bible describes the law as a crusty substance. It disappeared. And he could see. Can you see now? He could see perfectly. Now, if you are not a good Bible student, you'll be talking about just common eyes. But yes, his eyes were properly opened, but he saw beyond his eyes. Immediately he got baptized. He, he got up and was baptized. And what happened? And he ate. Go on. 19. After eating a meal, his strength returned. Uh -huh. Within the hour, he was in the synagogue. Within the hour, the guy was in the synagogue. The passion was so strong. I'm sure if it was you, you'd be like, oh, I'm tired. Now that I have come, my eyes are, oh, Lord, let me rest for tomorrow. We'll continue. Within, not an hour, within. Just an hour and so. Immediately, the eye went off his eyes and he saw Christ, the revelation of Christ. And they gave him food and he ate. He's like me. When you guys are, you can ask me how I want to run and come. He said, Tobo, Tobo, Mamumbo, Paikakra. Oh, may you have some passion. Let your passion be about the things of God. Not anything else, the things of God. Because that is what Jesus sees. Within the hour, he was in the synagogue preaching. So light has come. The same Jesus that he was eyes were closed, that he was persecuting. Now light has come. So now the law is gone. Now he's teaching grace. And proclaiming Jesus is was it not the same person that was persecuting people? Is it Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 or so? Where he began to talk about who Paul was. He said of the tribe, Philippians 4, 7 or so. Let me show you Paul. Hmm. 3, 5, eh? 3, 5. Okay, go to 4. Let's start from there. It is true that I once relied on all that I had become. I had a reason to boast and impress people with my accomplishment more than others for my pedigree was impeccable <laughs> I was born a true Hebrew of the heritage of Israel as the son 
of a Jewish man from the tribe of Benjamin. I mean, he qualifies. I was circumcised eight days after my birth and was raised in the strict tradition of Orthodox Judaism, living a separate and devout life of what? A Pharisee. Not a pagan. Pagan. But a Pharisee. One that loves the Torah, the law of God. And concerning righteousness of the no one surpassed me. That's why. So it was the righteousness of the Torah. That's why he was killing the Jews. Sorry, the Christians. Because of the righteousness of the law. No one surpassed me. I, and he was a learned man. You know who his trainer was, right? Who was his trainer? Paul was a learned man. And they were afraid of him because the guy knew the Torah. He knew the thing. He understood it to the core. You remember, he was passionate, passionate about everything. Maybe when they were studying the Torah in three days, he would study it. Like he would finish three of them, three, three books in, in one hour. And he's asking questions. Charlie, so why did Moses do this? Why? Passion. Jesus had the same passion. That's why at the age of 12, he was asking questions. Ask yourself, do you have passion? You have been studying the Bible at home. You don't understand, but you don't come and ask questions. You don't even want to ask, oh, daddy, I was studying the Bible. Are they? You don't. You don't understand. You are there. Say one day, why is your passion? It is either you don't even study your Bible one, which is likely what it is. if I read and I don't get it, I will ask questions. Oh. I will ask. I remember those times where I will be asking questions. Ah, but do you think as Christians, are we say, well, I will be asking questions. I'll be. So you ask, I read the scripture, I don't understand. So carry what you don't understand. Ask what you don't understand. The fact that you don't understand is the Holy Ghost pushing you to get knowledge. You see? Is that, and then once that you don't understand is open to you, you get in. Then you realize you don't understand something. Then you get in. By the time you realize, you are becoming deeper and deeper in understanding. A message, you see, the gospel is good news. Me feeling bad is not good news. Me feeling condemned cannot be good news. It is only condemnation that makes people feel that way. And I used to be a condemnation preacher. But when you, when you, when you receive light, so I started asking questions, asking questions, asking questions. Then I was looking at scripture. Then I, you know. I remember those times when I used to lead prayer. If I don't lead prayer that must deal with you asking God for forgiveness and coming out of what you did yesterday. You see, the prayer topic will be like, even the thing you did yesterday, you are here praying. Your hands are, fi are filthy. And you are lifting up your holy hands against God. You must ask that the blood of Jesus will wash you right now. But they never add sponge. They never add sponge. It's only the blood. But you see, the essence, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus that didn't do a lot of things they think it did, it does. And when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter, to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? You see, 
it didn't condemn them. It opened their eyes to truth. So they asked, okay, what, what shall we do? What's the next answer? Then he said, repent. What does repent mean? Turn 180 degrees towards what you used to know and be baptized. Then you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see? But the one we preach here is that you must feel bad. Like you are wearing jeans, you are sitting here. You will feel bad. <laughs> All right, go back. Yeah, you won't come again. Okay. So now that we understand Paul's ministry, the assignment that was given to him, let's read through Galatians, okay? Galatians 1. Chapter 2, sorry. 14 years later, I returned to Jerusalem. This time with Barnabas and Titus, my co-worker. God gave me a clear revelation to go and confer with other apostles concerning the message of grace. I was, the grace I was preaching to the Gentiles. Charlie, when the thing left, no, he started going around, teaching. That's why sometimes you must be asking yourself, since you received the message of grace, because there's no zeal, you don't feel like going out to let somebody know about this message of grace. You are always in your room. You are always in your house. Nobody knows what you know. There's one way I keep telling you. On your phone, your status. When you put video there, you see 300 people watching. 500. Do you see that? So imagine you have done a video about the grace of God. What you know. Even if it's not your own message. The message that has been preached. And you do a video. And put it on your status. You are telling people about God's grace. Do you know how many of your contacts, that's your platform, that's your pulpit. 300 people, 400 people will watch. Some might not comment, but they have watched. It has had impact on them. He said he preached to the Gentiles. We didn't hear of revelation from any Gentile. You see the difference? We are all receiving the revelation of Christ. But one had passion. In Within one hour, he was in the church. He wanted the world to know. You think not preaching the gospel is because you, you, you don't have time. You are busy. Or one excuse or the other. But the reason why God has caused you to have light is so that you also go around and remove the scale from the eyes of a lot of people. So you see, when God wants to give a special assignment, he will never call you. He will never call you. Because you cannot be trusted. Because anybody who does, who does not preach the gospel is, is, of him, is full of himself. He's full of himself. Don't you meet people every day? Don't you see people every day? But there's no passion to say, look, let me tell you about the grace message. Now, if all of us were telling people a message of grace, if you are coming to church, People will follow you because they want more light. So the truth is, is either you don't, you still don't have light, but you pretend to have light. It means it's not. You see, the, the grace mess. The reason why I love to teach about this grace thing is because it is so beautiful. It is so real. It is the reality of God. 
everywhere I find myself, I'm in the barbering shop, I'm preaching. I go to buy sugar. I'm talking about the grace of God. You just read. Immediately, prayer was said and light came. The what? The scale left immediately. There are a lot of people that are struggling in one area or the other. And they will keep struggling. Irrespective of what prayer, anointing, or what they will continue to struggle. Why? They have not seen light. The light shineth in darkness and darkness comprehended it not. Until people receive the light, they don't stop a particular sin. And grace messengers don't condemn people about what they do. We preach Christ who is the light. And Jesus is the one that takes away the thing. So you realize that you have not done anything but that thing has left you. Even before you know it. You are not even conscious. It's like it's not appealing and again. It doesn't, even come, it doesn't even come to your mind. The only thing that on your mind becomes Jesus and his love for you. See? So if you have not preached, telling anybody, anybody about the grace of God, it, two things, and I'm not joking about it. Either you have not received the light properly, you. I don't know why it was the Holy Ghost was asking me to specially sit down with people who still want to understand the message of grace and teach them. Because you can pretend to understand. Because others are shouting too. And you realize that you don't understand it. Because once you do understand, I tell you, you want everybody to hear about it. That's Paul. He said, and God gave me a clear revelation to go and confer with the other apostles concerning the message of grace. I was preaching to the Gentiles. I spoke privately to those who were viewed as senior leaders of the church, wanting to make certain that my labor and ministry from the Messiah has not been based on false understanding of the gospel. Even though Titus was a Syrian, okay, the word is Greek, they accepted him as a brother without demanding he first that he first be circumcised. So the people he went to meet were also people who understood grace. Because if they did not understand grace, they would have asked a Syrian who was not Jewish or a Jew to be circumcised before he can come and belong to them. But these people received Titus. Why? Because Titus has been spiritually circumcised by the message of Jesus. I think I need to take my time and carry the grace message again because it looks like I'm being convinced by the Holy Spirit that majority of us still don't understand. Because when people understand, they want to run with it. I met with them privately because false brothers had been secretly muggled into church meetings. They were sent to spy on the wonderful freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Their agenda was to bring us back into the bondage of religion. What is that? Law. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Raymond 9 at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our Friday services, dubbed Night of Bliss at 6 p.m. 
and sit under the reign of heaven in our Furnace service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny-L Jedu, and on Instagram as Prophet Danny-L Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. Prophet Daniel Jedu's book, Partnership with the Lord is Out, and it's selling fasting prints and on Amazon. This book has all you need to help you assess your God-given right. You can contact Word and Spirit International Contact Services on plus 233-54722-1773 or plus 233-50432-8959 for any inquiries. So many people are listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast on Podbean and many have received testimonies by listening. We want you to share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or sending it to us via email to contact at wordloversglobal.com. You were made to live from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world. You are blessed.